Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, and welcome to What in Tarnation, Tar Heel Blog's hot take podcast with the first post-game edition of What in Tarnation. I'm Tanya Bondurant, and with me is Brandon Anderson. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, doing a lot better than I was earlier, but hey, everything seemed to go a bit better for me after the Tar Heels were able to take down South Carolina, so I'll take it. Brandon had a run-in with a Hornet this afternoon, and it was kind of a tragic situation. Yeah, that might have been the worst pain that I felt in my life, and I don't know if that means I've lived a privileged life or if that just means that um, Hornet stings suck. Not really sure which, but I'm probably just going to go with the latter because if you haven't felt that, whoo boy, does that not feel good. So what you're saying is that you're not going to become a fan of the Charlotte Hornets? No, no. I'll stay a Bulls fan for many, many reasons. But, yeah, no, I don't mess with the Hornets in any way, shape, or form anymore. In better news, today was an exciting day because it was the first game of the 2019 season for UNC football, and they won of <sighs> all... The dramatic things. How did this happen, Brandon? Um, to be completely honest, I, you know, it's funny because I feel like this was one of those games where you just watch it and you immediately realize how much is different from the last couple of years. I mean, UNC kind of played to their strengths on the offensive side of the ball for much of the game. The defense looked aggressive. Um, There's still things that I wish went better, but overall I feel like this game was very much the non-typical game that we were used to, which I would hope that was the case given that it's the Mac Brown era. Um, I, I think really they just wore South Carolina down and – in doing that, they were able to make a lot of good plays in the fourth quarter. I think that's ultimately what did it for them. I mean, I am mostly responsible for running the Tar Heel blog Twitter account, which means that for almost every game of football and basketball season, I'm required to put in the effort of sticking with it, tweeting through it, and today was exciting it was fun I had a lot of like optimism throughout the game which I'm not used to feeling 
it was just a completely different feeling than anything I've felt around UNC football for the last two years. And for them to emerge with a victory after all of that, I mean, I think it would have been easy to say like, oh, Carolina played them close, they were competitive, they were in it till the end. But the fact that they did all of that and came away with a victory, I am still a little bit in shock, but it was so much fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I can only hope that there will be a lot more fun moments to come. I mean, what's even better about all this is it's the first game of the year. So we still have, what, about 11 games left where we can hopefully recapture the same energy that we had today and expand upon that. I think that there's, I mean, there's obvious room for growth, but I feel like it's the type of room for growth that you can actually see going somewhere. Whereas last year and the year before, I feel like it was one of those, well, they could be better, but I don't really know if they're actually equipped to be better if that makes sense. And so I think just from that standpoint, I'm definitely a bit more excited now than I was some months ago. I was very much of the, I will believe it, everything when I see it crowd. And I'm believing it more now. I'm definitely believe th- believing things a little bit more now. Brandon, I think I said this to you earlier, but if I didn't, I was thinking it. There's no way that the 2017 or 2018 UNC football team wins this game today. We've seen it so many times where, like, the defense would be really good and kind of keep them in it within striking distance, but then run out of steam and fall apart late. We saw that so many times, and... Today was a real example of being down, but finding that extra gear, doing what it takes to really grit out a win. And I just saw something today that I don't think we've seen. And and maybe that comes down to the very overused like heart metric. But today was just, it was different. And it was... It was a reason to be hopeful going forward. Yeah, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, Even in the three things learned that I wrote for the game, I ended up having to use buzzwords that I don't particularly like to use, but also I haven't had the opportunity to really apply them. So, you know, grit, heart, determination. I feel like all of those things apply to what happened today. There was definitely times where South Carolina could have taken the game back and came away with the win against the Heels, and it just didn't happen. Miles Wolfork was a big part of that, and I also just, I, I don't know, like I feel like everything just worked the way that it should, basically, because they showed effort. You would think that you wouldn't have to be that excited about effort, but here I am, I'm like, finally, a team that when they get punched in the face, they're ready to punch back. And 
that's really all you can ask from a football team. It was effort, but it was also a willingness to change what isn't working. I think we saw a lot of games the last two seasons where the game plan just didn't seem to adapt to what was happening. It seemed like we would do something a thousand times in a row that just didn't work any of the thousand times. But on the thousandth and first time, we were still trying the same things. Whereas today, in the first half, UNC was determined to run it and run it only in the red zone. And Sam Howell was basically handcuffed from throwing it. They ran it 12 straight times in the red zone. And in the second half, they made the adjustment. They stopped doing that. They kind of let Sam Howell do what he is meant to do. And it paid off for them. It was like a lack of stubbornness that I didn't know existed in UNC football because it really hasn't existed for the last few years that I could see. So even that, just like seeing the coaches realize, hey, what we're doing is not working. We need to try something else. Doing it and having that plan executed was really, really encouraging. Yeah, that definitely was encouraging. And it kind of goes back to the definition of insanity where you try the same thing over and over again and you get the same result. Um, I think the heels are finally out of that insanity point, which is great. I mean, that's how you get to the point where you can play championship football. Am I saying UNC is going to win the national championship anytime soon? Not, I'm not. I'm not saying it's impossible, but that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, you know, when you look at the top teams in college football, the reason they're so good is because they are able to make those adjustments and able to not just stay in this box and hope that everything works against everybody. I don't think that that's realistic just for anybody. You can have your scheme, but you also have to know how to – manipulate things within that scheme. I think the Heels did a really good job of that today, and I look forward to seeing if they'll be able to do the same thing against Miami. Brandon, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. What was your favorite part of the game? Like, What was your number one highlight of the game? Wolfork's second interception. Um that was easily my favorite just by just because of the way that it happened. Um, the way that he was lined up on the line, he was basically in the box, kind of off on the side near one of the outside wide receivers. And when the ball snapped, he kind of rolled back, but then he went diagonal and cut across one of the other receivers that was I, I could be wrong about the route. It kind of looked like a post route going towards the sideline he just jumped right in front of the ball snatched it and ran off with it it was an awesome play I I definitely think that was my highlight the interceptions were fun just because we haven't seen many interceptions lately at all from Carolina's defense so picking up two in one game pretty exciting times yeah I mean, I don't even remember what the total of interceptions was last year. Was it 
three, four? It couldn't have been more than four, so I don't think. So we're already halfway there. I mean... And already halfway to our win total. Yeah. <laughs> Big moments were made today. Yeah, it was a great time to be alive. Tanya, what was your favorite moment? The moment that I keep going back to is when Sam Howell put on his best Houdini hat and threaded that ball to Daz Newsom through I, magic, voodoo, I don't know. Somehow it just went straight through the defender's hands and right to Daz Newsom. I believe it was Daz Newsom at least. But that throw somehow eclipsed the touchdown catch by Diami Brown, which was previously the most insane thing that I'd seen on the football field in a very long time. Between those two plays, my heart was very happy. I can't believe either one of them happened. They were both ridiculous, but Sam Howell threading the needle in like every single literal definition was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that play was definitely insane. I I don't know how that throw got completed at all. Um I I don't know that I would want him to try to repeat that because if the cornerback's reflexes were just that much uh, better, I feel like it would have been picked off. But for what it was worth, that was incredible. I I would not trade that in for anything, I think. Just uh, stuff like that's fun to me. I mean, it's a really fun play to be able to experience. I'm not sure he could repeat it. I'm not sure I'd want him to try to repeat it. So this, like, moment where it worked and everything worked out fine will live in my heart in its happy place, and we'll just let it ride there. Please be more careful in the future, but also I'm very here for it working out in the heel's favor. Yeah. So, because this is our first post-game What in Tarnation episode, we're going to try to do a format where we each give the best part of the game and the worst part of the game. Um, I guess we'll each give our own. Does that sound right to you, Brandon? Yeah, that works for me. So I guess we'll get the bad out of the way early. But to me, the worst part of the game were the penalties because there were some absolutely ridiculously dumb penalties. There were three false starts called on receivers. I believe there were three face mask calls. The first play of the game for UNC was a false start. And these are just lapses in concentration for the most part. They're completely avoidable penalties. They're frustrating. It's frustrating because Carolina has shot themselves in the foot so many times thankfully they did not today with their abundance of penalties I think it went for 90 yards total but those are the kind of silly things that you cannot do against good teams and again today it worked out and that's great I think South Carolina was 
pretty careless with the penalties as well, and that helped Carolina not be as hurt by their own penalties. But you can't keep doing that. And I think winning the South Carolina game made a lot of the games on the schedule that are more toss-ups seem winnable. I'm looking at the Virginia Tech game, the Virginia game, those sorts of games where coming into the season I really didn't know if they were going to be wins or losses. Beating South Carolina makes those seem winnable, but you cannot kill yourself with penalties if you want to win those games. So for me, that was the real low spot of the game. Yeah, that was definitely one of the lower spots of the game for sure. And I feel like I have to agree with you. Um, although I, I I also feel like my absolute worst kind of, it, it it's a tie between that, I think, and special teams. There was just a lot of wonky things going on with them. Um, the kicking was pretty bad. The tackling was pretty bad. I feel like South Carolina was able to get some decent returns that they shouldn't have been able to get. Um, they're going to have to do a lot of work on that end of the ball, I, I believe. And I don't know if that's one of those attainable things that you can fix this year, but... They're just going to have to try and because special teams are important. Like I know offense and defense are basically the more exciting parts of football, but special teams are basically like that's basically what keeps you in games. You have to be able to get your kick field goals. You have to be able to punt. You have to be able to tackle after you punt. You have to basically just be able to put them in a bad position and hope that they're not able to capitalize down the stretch. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like what you said is definitely one of the worst, but special teams is right there for me too. Special teams were not good today, if we're just being completely honest. The punting, not good. The allowing huge returns, not good. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. I will say that um, I was happy that Noah Ruggles looked pretty okay in his field goal attempts, especially when he was needed when Carolina kept stalling in the red zone. Hmm. Um, those, even though they were from a short distance, they're were, they were basically chip shots. It was not that long ago that even chip shots were very sketchy for Carolina. So shout out to Noah Ruggles for that. Um, but as a whole, the special teams is probably the unit that is going to need to watch the tape and do nothing the same way that they did today 
if we're if we're just being honest. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so Tanya, what was your best of today? I really loved watching the running backs do work. I mean, there are so many good points of today, like Sam Howell letting it air out and finding success was a lot of fun. And again, Diami Brown's touchdown was a thing of absolute beauty. But seeing the running backs just do whatever they wanted, they were out there like just trucking people. And it was so much fun. All of them were effective. And I think they're going to be a really huge part of the offense this year. Obviously, none of them got into the end zone today, but I think that is going to change very, very soon. And just their success was a lot of fun to see. I think um, the the drive where Antonio Williams basically just had long run after long run after long run, that was a huge momentum shift, I feel like. Um, That was when it really seemed like Carolina came out with a purpose in the second half, and they were ready to, like, climb back in this thing. So I really enjoyed just seeing them out there doing their thing and doing it pretty strongly. They, They made a really big impression on me. Brandon, what was your best part of the game? Mine was probably the defense, which is weird because I know, at least in my brain, I would expect it to be the running backs because I really enjoyed the run game when it works properly, just across football in general. But Jay Bateman's done a good job with the defense so far. And the one thing that I noticed right off the bat is that the front four gets or actually, I guess it's front three. I believe they play a three-four. But at any rate, they've just been able to get a lot of good pressure um, on the quarterback. And there was times where it was like a basic set, and then there was other times where you would see some of the other linebackers get involved. And sometimes it would be kind of like a kind of like a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, a delay uh, that took me way too long to figure out they would delay their attack on the quarterback, which I feel like was kind of getting into their the guy's head. And then there was times where they would just line up like they were getting ready to blitz, and then they would drop back, and somebody else that wasn't quite lined up looking like they were going to blitz would come charging at them. It was, it was impressive. I mean, Bateman made Chaz Surratt look good, which... I give credit to Surratt. He did a lot of work to get ready for the linebacker position. And he he did a pretty good job today. He was not great. He missed a bunch of tackles, and that's something that he's going to have to work on. But, I mean, he was in the right spot a lot. And I feel like even that in, a, in and of itself is an improvement from some of the stuff that I've seen before. not Obviously not from him last year because he was a quarterback, but just the team in general was like everything just felt right. Felt Things felt like they were clicking, and if they weren't going correctly, there was either a 
not so painful reason for it or just something. I don't know. It it just felt better, I guess. And I don't know really how to say anything other than that. But, yeah, the defense definitely was the best for for me. I feel like Surratt's instincts were good. His reactions weren't always great. But also, he's a quarterback that's now playing linebacker. Right. So, for what that is, I thought that he did a pretty good job. He's not really supposed to be starting, and it's not his fault that he was starting. So, for that, I am impressed with the job he did. I think he led the team in tackles. Um, He missed a decent amount. But like I said, I think his instincts were correct. There were a number of times where he was there and he just couldn't make the tackle. If he improves on that, which he should be able to with reps, I think he could be pretty okay. Yeah. Which is saying a lot. Yeah. And I mean, they're going to need him in just the entire depth chart in general. Um, There are some spots where they're a little thin at, and it's just going to be important for everybody to be able to contribute, and that includes Surratt. I think the end of the game when they were talking to Mac Brown and he got clearly emotional and started to tear up when talking about like what the win meant to him. I think that was a really powerful moment for me just because I mean, while I was not in the I'm going to cry about this realm by any means, I think it was kind of emotional today like it's been a long time since we felt this good about Carolina football and I'm sure for Mac it's even more so because I think a lot of people probably weren't sure that he had any business coaching after so long away from the game in that aspect and I think today was just a lot of good feelings all around And everybody should be pretty happy with how it went down. I mean, South Carolina is a pretty good team. They have a super tough schedule, but they are not pushovers. And holy crap, this is the first time in 22 years that Carolina has beaten a Power 5 opponent in a season opener. And that's crazy. I mean, that's... Most of the vast majority of both of our lifetimes, it's crazy. Yeah, it's been since, what, 97? Yeah, 97. So, I mean, Michael Jordan was still playing. I, I, just to put that into perspective, that has been a while. It's been a really, really long time. I mean, in 97, I want to say that I was... In second or third grade? Wow. Yeah. I I think I was... Uh, what was I in? Fifth grade? Maybe fifth grade. I mean, that's... That's wild. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just putting that, like, into perspective. It's super, super crazy. Yeah. They just... UNC needed every bit of what happened today. And they're going to need... It to keep happening if the football program wants to be at that level that basketball's at. And 
I should probably take a step back in saying that it's going to take a lot for them to get to where basketball is at. But the thing about that is you want them to be able to be as competitive as basketball is at that level to where it's at least like they're in it when it comes to, you know, playing the coastal division and trying to win the coastal and getting to the ACC championship game and hopefully not running into Clemson, but probably running into Clemson. But after you run into them so much, ideally you would like to win one. And I, if you do that, that'll probably get you into the playoffs. But those that idea is way off in the distance right now. Right now the team just needs to focus on getting better and better every day. Um, and, you know, everything will kind of just take care of itself from there. One win and we got this man talking about the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? Basically. I mean, we one step at a time. One step at a time. But, I mean, that's... That's kind of hilariously the optimism that, like, a little bit of success has. I mean... I mean, you have to think about it this way. Larry Fedora almost got them into the playoffs. He did. I mean, it, it, when you put it into that perspective, I'm not saying that Mac Brown pushes them over the top right this second. Like, it's... They have at least a couple years before we can legitimately have that conversation. But for me, it's like if Larry Fedora was just an onside kick away from winning the ACC championship or at least having a good chance to win it and getting them into the play, I just I think things start looking a little bit brighter when you witness a team that isn't completely struggling. Welcome to What in Tarnation, where we accidentally, maybe intentionally, drag Larry Fedora somehow in each episode. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of okay with it, honestly, but... Yeah, yeah. I I can't help myself. I, I don't even know what else to say about that. I can't help myself. It just, it was a very frustrating time of my life. And I'm sure it was for you as well as many others. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's not, it's not completely undeserved. Speaking of bright spots, though, we went by and saw the bell tower lit up after the win. And let me just say, it looks... So dope. I'm so happy that they have decided to do that. Anyone who doesn't like it can just at me, I guess. But don't, because you're wrong. (laughs) It looks so good. It it looks really good. And I, as we all know, last week on the show, I mentioned that you know, it was kind of one of those shrug emoji things for me. But after getting to see it, I still don't think that I feel strongly about it being a thing that happens after a win. But if it just stayed lit up like that all the time, I would be super happy. Like whenever I'm in Chapel Hill, I would just drive by it and probably just smile the biggest grin on my face. It just 
it looks really good when you see it in person. Yeah. And I don't know. I think having it after wins is a cool thing. I think the fact that they were able to do it after the first game, you know, I think (laughs) you could have looked at the schedule and been like, it might be November before we get to light this thing up. But that's not what happened. So I think all the combined good feelings went into it, and it looks really, really cool. I am thrilled with it, and I hope they get to light it up many more times this season and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One other surprise addition to the football team in general I'm not sure if this was just something that Wolfork had that he whipped out and was carrying around the whole game or what, but that championship belt. The belt. The belt. It was really cool. Like, whoever did that, you are awesome. It had, like, the Jumpman logo on it. Yeah. It was was awesome. Yeah. That's one of those things where I know that there's teams that traditionally do that, or at least they have been as a recent – I feel like they've been doing it for a while. So, like, Miami with the turnover chain, and I think Georgia has, like, a belt or something like that. If you are going to bite somebody's style when it comes to any of that stuff, that is one of those things that you definitely should do. And the reason that you should do it is it's incentive. It's incentive for players to, play, like – basically achieve the goal of forcing these turnovers and you know that it it's a cool reward to get to walk around with something like that like I, that's definitely one of those things where I was like wait a second and then I was like you know what that's pretty cool it, it, it was basically real life Alonzo Morning. I'm all for it I mean whatever it takes to to feel like you're working towards something, even if it's, like, kind of kitschy, like, that's fine with me. I know our coworker Jake Lawrence, is not a fan of the belt, but I would venture to say that Jake's opinion on that is incorrect <laughs> because it's cool. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm here for literally any of it because we have spent too long having absolutely zero fun with this team. So bring me all the fun. Can we get, like, this will appeal to Jake, though. Baby animals, like, baby animals, turnover belts, lighted bell towers, literally whatever. I'm here for any of it. If we want to do, like, color theme thing, like, I don't care. Give me all of it. Give me all the fun. Yeah. I mean, Mac Brown sure seems to be having fun. Mac Brown is having the time of his life. That dance that came out in that video, I don't know what that was. I still cannot figure out what that was. But it was old man dancing it, in every way. I couldn't tell if he was like trying to strike a pose, do the Macarena. It's it's unclear. I, no, no one knows. Yeah. But I mean, also you're not gonna see Yes, I'm going back to Larry Fedora. You wouldn't have seen him getting that into it. But also, as ridiculous as that was, I'm fine with it. Have fun. Go nuts. 
do your weird dance. Yeah. If you want to, like, invent the Mac Brown and, like, have the entire student section doing that, I'm fine with it. I don't care. <laughs> Bring it to me. Please let it re- replace flossing. I need this dance to replace flossing right this instant. It kind of reminded me of the Ally McBeal baby. Yes. The Ally McBeal baby. <laughs> That's what the dancing reminded me. Ooga chaka. Ooga. Ooga. Like, if we can get that on the video boards, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. That would be amazing. Well, on the note of the Ally McBeal baby <laughs> being Mac Brown. Brayden, do you have anything else for this episode? I do not. I think um, this is a good time to rest up so I can wake up and celebrate a bit more. Enjoy it until we have to deal with Miami, which I honestly don't have strong opinions either which way about that game. But we'll see how it turns out. I hope that Keenan is as lit as I'm expecting it to be. We will be back to preview the Miami game on Wednesday. But in the meantime, where can the people find you on Twitter, Brandon? They can find me at THB Brandon. And you can find me at Tanya Bondurant or the person freaking out behind at Tar Heel blog most of the time. And with that said, until next time, go Heels!